0: Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
1: I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together we are one
2: serving you. Thank you for being with us with Jamie Litt and Jeff McGuire and Chuck Hines. Yates Foreign Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T seven three mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, also, the benchmark hotline remains open at 806 771 High school boys basketball action last night. Jamie, uh, Trophy Club Byron Nelson beats Friendship 56-54 in the regional quarterfinals.
3: Uh, Tigers just couldn't get it done.
2: No. Could no. not
3: get it done. That was disappointing. Really disappointing. Thought they had a great shot there. Thought they had a great shot this weekend, but uh, you didn't. Weren't able to get it done
2: uh, Amarillo beats uh, Monterey 52 to 34 so they are done the only team uh, in the city now left on the boys side is Estacado uh, they defeated Burke Burnett last night 7466 a seminal loss to Canyon shallow water though won over Demet 50 to 41 last night a new home was also a winner last nice. night over Cristoval 53 to36 a New Deal beat Groover. Uh, 51 to 48. Uh, Lorenzo in the news for the wrong reasons, but they beat Grady last night 68 to 52. So, those uh among the boys' games uh, from last night. Of course, the Lubbock Cooper Pirates will be in action on uh, Thursday in the state semifinal. And we will have that from San Antonio for you at 8 o'clock on Thursday night. So, that'll uh, be a lot of excitement with the uh, Imagine the Lady Pirates be leaving today, and be a lot of pom poms and cheers and parents and left, fans and whatnot. They left yesterday. Well, they left yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then there was a lot of pom poms and cheers and sure all was. that kind of stuff yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, so that'll be uh, that'll be cool. Get them uh, nice experience uh, down there. Probably had a little river walk dinner and stuff like that, and go over there to the arena and get some get some shots up and kind of the background and all those. All those kinds of things, okay. Uh, Gus told a story uh, last yesterday on Tech Talk about the um, Air Force baseball team that they had a problem with their plane that they had to bus in. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just I thought that was I thought that was really funny. I mean, I you know it's like you know of all the schools that you would think that would have like a fleet of planes available to them. You would think Air Force, but I mean that's not necessarily the case. It's not like they're going to take a C-130 or something and land it over here at Lubbock International and probably not let the let the boys get out. You know, the of the back end and you know throw their gear on the tarmac and say, okay, go get them. You know, the way we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I just thought that was, I don't know, I thought that was kind of kind of funny. What did you see from uh, Josh Sanders who came on in in relief of Bob Blessy last night?
3: i think josh was really victimized by the wind i mean at the time that he came in the wind was really really gusting and um you know he left a couple pitches up that just got massacred to left field that that cost him three runs but he made maybe the biggest pitch of the night when he comes in and i mean he comes in with the bases loaded and one out in the top of the first and uh, gets a ground ball to short, and the Red Raiders lead the nation in double play ball turned, uh, turned one there to get out of the jam and not give up a run, and uh, just allowed you to take some momentum away from that. Mm-hmm. Again, he gave up a couple runs in the next, or, or three runs, I should say, in the next inning that were definitely wind aided. But um, boy, that that you know, in that situation, he came in. You need a guy to pound the strike zone and. You know try to limit the damage you know if you probably sure. if he, he gives up just one there you're probably decently happy with it but he put up a zero so that was massive
2: i got in my car and i heard the bases were loaded and i looked at my i looked at my clock i'm like oh man that's not good because that's that's still that's still first inning stuff and then i'm like well maybe maybe we got a one two three you know maybe it's a because i couldn't i couldn't tell and then just because it was like i mean literally the bases were loaded and you were like you know, give us the play-by-play. And then all of a sudden, I heard you get really excited on the ground ball of short. I'm like, okay, that's good news. Four to six to three. And, and then that was the, the top of the first. And then it was like, oh, man, what happened to Blessy? That was that was the, when I when I heard you talking about Sanders getting the getting mm-hmm. out of the inning.
3: Yeah, six to four
2: to three. Six to four to three. Shortstop okay. is six. Shortstop is six. Second six to four three. Yeah. Four. yeah, no, I, I know that. It's got the numbers turned around in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. yeah, that was a big spot in the game. It really was, and no doubt and his
3: numbers don't look good from last night. But it was it was that at bat was really key for Josh, for the Red Raiders as a whole.
2: No, no doubt. Um,
3: I mean, really, the stars last night were were out of your bullpen um Zach Erdman a freshman was really really good he got his first career win went three innings gave up two hits and no runs really excited about what he can bring to the table as you see him come in and situation again the wind blowing and all all that that was that was going on and it looked like this was going to be a back and forth high scoring game and uh, Zach came in and and put up three three zeros and I thought that was just massive just kind of slowed things down and then Allowed your offense to get going. You get a three-run fifth to take the lead, and that was while Zach was out there. And then, you know, later Brandon Beckel, two innings, no hits, no walks, no runs. He was great, and Damian Bravo, I mean, he he doesn't look like a freshman coming to close that out.
2: What uh, What did you think of your hitting last night? I mean, the the, the hits were limited, but they were timely.
3: Yeah, and we've seen a lot of that this year. Through the first eight games, it feels like I I would be willing to bet you at least half of the time that the Red Raiders have have been out hit. Um, but you've just been so good with the situational hitting um, and some clutch hitting here or there that it 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 just it, it hasn't mattered right because mm-hmm. you've you've come up with big hits when you needed to, and you've moved guys over and gotten you know sac flies and and those kind of things. So. It, I, I can't say it enough, and I, I know we're just nine games in. I know the competition's going to get a lot tougher, but it's just a different style of offense that, than what we saw last year where it was hit it out of the ballpark or lose. And... Uh, it's, in my opinion, it's a more more fun brand of baseball to watch.
2: I was gonna say this is. I mean, I I, I enjoy this kind of baseball. You sounds like you really really enjoy this kind of baseball.
3: Well, I mean, I, I just I like putting pressure on a pitcher. I, I like to see a lineup that one through nine um, can can squeeze a pitcher a little bit, and there and, and it just looks like there's no easy outs in this lineup right now. A lot of different guys contributing and. You know, you dealt with – over the weekend, you dealt with a lot of wind where it was like, okay, you're not hitting home runs today. Mm-hmm. You know, the ball's not getting out. Or at times it was that way. And you're still able to win games now. I mean, you couldn't do that in, in Georgia because you couldn't hit home runs. Right. And um, this, this team will – We'll, we'll hit more doubles. They'll move runners over. They'll sacrifice fly all day long. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's again, it's I, I think it's an offense that can win in a lot of different ways, and I think ultimately that's what you want.
2: Uh, Dylan Carter with another highlight catch, sports center catch last night, right?
3: Yeah, it was terrific. It was really nice running, diving on the warning track out there in center field.
2: Yeah, make sure that. Pretty put much
3: him? put a pretty much just kind of pencil one in for every night for Dylan.
2: Is that right? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: okay. <laughs> they okay. give him the chance. Okay. Sometimes you're, you know, they got a can of corn out there to left, and you're thinking to yourself, "Hey, just slow down, Dylan, so you can run and dive at the end."
2: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah,
3: not left, but I mean center.
2: Uh, this I agree. This team looks really good early. Okay, a couple of thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, I
3: mean, but at the same time, trying not to get too over the top. I, I don't. Sure. I I don't. I don't know that this Air Force team is as good as they were last year when they were, you know, they made their first regional since 1969 last year and got to the regional final against Texas down in Austin. I don't, I don't know if they're quite as good, but I, I think, man, I, I think one through four, that lineup's pretty stout. And so the Red Raiders to hold them to four last night with midweek pitching, I think that's impressive, especially when your starter only gets one out.
2: Uh, I had this thought, too, when I heard Jamie say that washed-up guy, but he says it better uh, off the ace Flooring Center chat line. It's interesting that some fans are in a panic about how poor the baseball team is fielding, yet they lead the nation in double plays turned.
3: Yeah, and I think it should be a concern about the defense, but uh, they also, I mean... You know, again, I've told you the story before about telling, asking Coach Tadlock a few years ago, hey, Coach, you know, you guys are leading the country in double plays. You know, what's that say about your defense or whatever? And he goes, that just means we put a lot of guys on base. And you know maybe you're leading the nation in double plays because you've made so many errors and <laughs> you're putting yeah. guys on base. But um, I I think it's a little little both right. Mm-hmm. I mean you have you have to be pleased that your pitchers are staying down in the zone and getting those ground balls when they need them. That that's big. Um, and your defense has been able to turn them when when you, when you needed them too as well. But overall, consistently, you need them to field better than they fielded.
0: The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
2: Time for this day in sports history. Here is Jeff McGuire.
1: Going to start in 1903. Major League Baseball Rules Committee rules that the pitcher mound must not be more than 15 inches higher than the baselines or home plate.
2: It's kind of amazing sometimes when you kind of look at the history of the height of the pitching mound and how they've kind of fiddled with that.
1: Yeah. To help it's been him. a bit of an elevator, up and down. Yeah. And up and down. Yeah, literally. Uh, proving that Major League Baseball has made stupid mistakes in the past, but eventually corrects them, Two thousand, uh, excuse me, 1910, National Baseball Commission prohibits giving mementos to players on winning World Series teams. It would obviously later be reversed, making way for the traditional winners' watches, rings, and stick pins. Hmm. Stick, pens. stick pins Stick pins <laughs> No, I don't know what a stick pin is
3: Oh, pin, not pen. Pin. pin, P-I-N
1: P-I-N But it's one word, stick pin Boy Got no idea But This doesn't
3: mean the same I remember when the Bulls, you know, were, had their historic 72-10 and 10 season uh, uh, They had shirts made that said, don't meet a thing without the ring yeah. You know, if you they had shirts made that said, don't mean a thing without the stick pin. <laughs> this, this doesn't sound as good, Chuck. No, yeah, no. I'm glad they, they changed that.
1: 1941, a former University of Notre Dame star fullback Elmer Layden is named the first commissioner of the NFL. 1954, future Baseball Hall of Fame outfielder Ted Williams fractures his collarbone on the first day of the Boston Red Sox spring training. Injury keeps him out of the Boston lineup until May 15th. It's a long time for a broken collarbone.
2: Well, I mean, we saw, you know, we kind of had a history of broken collarbones here. Right. But it's March 1st. Right. That's two and a half months for a collarbone. Maybe we they...
3: have had, or Tyler Shuck has had.
2: Well, we, we, a little column, we, a little we, 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 as, we, as, you know, football fans here with, you know, Shuck and Bowman and others
3: thought um, Bowman was like a lung.
2: Yeah, I guess it was a lung. Yeah, it was a lung. Yeah. He had a lung. He had a lung. Yeah, right, he had a Good lung. Good thing
1: he had two, because one of them got deflated. 1969 New York Yankees legend uh, Mickey Mantle announces his retirement due to persistent knee injuries. He finishes his 18 season career with 536 home runs and a .298 batting average. 1988. Edmonton's Wayne Gretzky picks up his first period assist in an Orioles 5-3 win over the uh, Los Angeles Kings to move ahead of Gordie Howe as the NHL's all-time leader in career assists. Howe's 1,049 assists took 26 years. Gretzky's 1,050 took nine.
2: (laughs) That's crazy.
1: It's amazing they call him the great one. Also on this day in '88, for the first time since 1956, the Special Veterans Committee uh, for Major League Baseball does not elect anyone to the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, from '56 to '87, they elected someone every year. Excuse
2: me. Bless you.
1: Thank you. Then they decided they didn't like parties and listened to the baseball writers. No. Mm-hmm. 1996, Atlanta's Lenny Wilkins becomes the first coach in NBA history to reach 1,000 career victories when the Hawks beat the Cavaliers
2: 74-68. to 68. And Tomorrow you're going to tell us he reached 1,000 losses. I don't know what I'm going to tell you tomorrow. We haven't gotten there yet. No, just being sarcastic, but he, he was a guy that for years was the leader in wins and the leader in losses in the yeah. NBA. Mm-hmm.
1: 2016, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred sends a strong message on the issue of domestic violence issuing a 30-game suspension to New York Yankees closer, Aroldis Chapman.
3: And they never won with him on the roster.
2: Hmm. And now my guys have him, and I'm reading this morning that he's already hurt, apparently slipped and fell at home, chipped a tooth and split a lip.
3: So he can't pitch? Well,
2: he was late to work yesterday. Hmm. Seems suspicious, doesn't it?
3: as my 15-year-old say would say that sounds sus to me. <laughs>
1: it is the first of the month, okay. therefore it is national fresh celery noodle flour frozen food nutrition cuz those two go together. Peanut sauce and caffeine awareness month.
2: Okay, celery. Celery has a month, huh?
1: Sure caffeine awareness month yes i have a cup of coffee i'm aware of caffeine i'm covered
3: <laughs> what are we supposed to be aware of that it's there
1: too much caffeine i don't you just, just be aware of it so i have
3: too much caffeine
2: yeah you can you can mm-hmm.
3: let's make it what's it do to you
2: oh to me me personally <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i meant
3: i meant the human i
2: the think human it kind guy. of it kind of Get you out of kilter. Get okay. you, makes you makes you kind of race around like a banshee.
3: Okay.
1: It is National Peanut Butter Lovers Day.
2: I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Happy smooth or with peanuts. Uh, yes. Yep. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Justin Bieber. Twenty nine. Tariq Hill. Twenty nine. Ron Howard. Sixty nine. <laughs> Harry Belafonte Harry Bellafonte Bellafonte <laughs> I know this name Harry Belafonte It's ninety six Wow Booker T fifty eight and Chris Timeout Weber is fifty. I
2: think he gets tired of that. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Do I care? Zero percent. Uh, well, we could be talking about the Lindbergh baby today. We could be talking about a telegram that was intercepted Lindbergh from baby Germany uh, kidnapped today. Yeah. Okay. That would be the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. We could be talking about a telegram that was sent from Germany to Mexico trying to get Mexico to join in an alliance against the United States should the US enter World War One. However, we're gonna go to nineteen ten. Two trains were swept into a canyon by an avalanche in Wellington, Washington. Mm killing 96 people due to the remote location of the disaster and the risk of further avalanches efforts to rescue survivors and find the bodies of the dead were not completed until several days later. The Spokane express and a mail train were both thrown from the tracks down a nearby gorge, 150 feet deep. The Wellington station was also wiped away though. The town's hotel and store were untouched at the bottom of the gorge. The trains were covered by 40 to 70 feet of snow and debris because the telegraph lines were also down. The people in Wellington were unable to call for immediate assistance. Despite the risk of further avalanches, many people pitched in trying to dig out the survivors. And it was not until the night of March 2nd, that assistance from outside Wellington was able to reach the site. By that time, 23 people had been pulled out alive, most with very serious injuries. It took over a week to recover the bodies of all 96 victims of the avalanche which then had to be removed by toboggan to the rail lines for further transportation. Mm. What year? This was... 1910. 1910. Mm. And that is this day in sports history.
2: 653 this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, this, uh, too much caffeine apparently can cause heart attacks due to the heart beating too fast if you have too much in a short time. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Uh, somebody points out that the Cubs won with their Chapman they did. they did
3: that is that was fair
2: but the Yankees did not uh, they,
3: they didn't win with anybody recently
2: uh, we get this <laughs> good morning gents from flyover guy we haven't heard from him in quite some time
1: Chuck were you talking smack about my music collection yesterday
2: I might have mentioned, uh, there just was some music on uh, Tech Talk yesterday that just kind of got me going, and I I complimented the music master last night. That was just the rotator. I didn't do anything with the music yesterday. Well, I was just talking about the guys on Tech Talk. I said they they had good music yesterday.
3: I mean, everybody, somebody else always has better than him. Always. (laughs) It's never
2: never good enough, right?
3: (laughs) Did you mention that you had a better co-host on Tech talk, Taylor, oh, no, 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 no,
2: no, no, not, not yeah. at all, not at all, not at all. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I sat in your chair yesterday, mm. very comfortable chair over there, mm, by that the way.
3: must have been tough for
2: you. No, no, I was fine, I was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Dickens directed traffic, he was, uh, he was very, he was very engaging yesterday.
3: Oh, see, man, yeah, it's, it's unlike his normal. Co-host. No, because he was the lead.
2: He was the lead. I was the uh, I was the end guest yesterday. So, it was all it was all it was all good. But talking smack, maybe, maybe maybe a little bit. I just said I just complimented uh, Brennan on his uh, musical interludes. I mean, they had some Peter Frampton, they had some other stuff. I mean, it was like it's pretty good stuff.
3: There's probably lots of do-do-do-do's, Jeff.
1: Here's the thing, I could probably play half of the Chuck's library and he wouldn't know what the song title
2: or artist was. That's right. I mean, I've, I've pretty much said that that's well documented that I'm not a good song title and artist guy. <clears throat>
1: I mean, I'm not hating on Tech Talk's music. They've got a really good rotator. Ours is just different.
2: Uh, this Chuck is doing the don't talk about the basketball program and maybe it will go away strategy. No, I. we've talked. We talked about best. it
1: for like 45 minutes. Yeah, hey, we'll man. talk where, some where more about
2: it. Yeah, we're... You were just late to the party this morning. We'll uh, get more into basketball. They lose last night to Kansas, and uh, baseball wins. We'll have baseball today on the air for you for the Red Raiders at uh, one thirty on Double T 97.3 and 100.7. The score, first pitch at 2, game 2 of 2 against Air Force. Red Raiders winning last night
0: 9-4. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
2: Lady Raiders are 17 and 12. They're 5 and 11 in Big 12 play. Uh, they're looking for their second, this is crazy, 18 one season since the 2012 2013 year. So I, I, I think tonight is a big, I think tonight's critical in terms of um, potentially hosting at WNIT games. Um, I, I would think that you're probably going to get a WNIT bid. But I think to to justify to that committee and to your administration uh, that it's worth hosting games, spending that money, whatever it costs. I don't know what the cost is to open the arena and, and have the bid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think, I think tonight's critical because I think, you know, you've, you've, you have the, the win over West Virginia. But before that, you had the four losses and you're coming off of a 10-point a loss to Baylor in which you led after the third quarter. But let me give you let me give you a critical number tonight. Okay, all of Texas Tech's wins, they have scored at least sixty-eight points. Uh, they have given up seventy in a win once. In ten of the eleven losses, the Lady Raiders have given up seventy-one or more. Only one loss did they give up under seventy. So nine games uh, over the course of the year, sixty-eight or more points scored. In 13 games, they gave up 68 or more. For TCU, coming into this game, the uh, Horn Frogs have five games that they've scored 68 or more and 11 games that they've given up 68 or more. And they've won just the one game in uh, conference play. Uh, they're 1 in 15. They had a, a win over Kansas State, 75 to 62. And K State's potential. Uh, Team that you'll face in the Big 12 uh, Conference, TCU is seven and 20 overall. So, and the other thing is, is that their coach, Reagan Peebly, announced this week that she's stepping down. So, how hard her team plays for her tonight, I don't know. But sometimes that was factors into things. So, I think what you have to do more than anything else tonight is, you got to scrap for every ball. You got to play with your hair on fire. And what I what I don't know, and I, I wasn't able to go to Coach Gerlich's uh, press conference yesterday as I don't know the status of Bryn Gerlich who went down with an injury um, early in the third quarter against Baylor. And so Bryn's critical because, you know, she uh, she averages 10 a game and she had 16 in the win over TCU and seven rebounds and she's also really good at drawing fouls. Okay?
3: Yeah, if Bryn does not play you've really got to get some girls to, to step yeah. up. The jazz shavers of no the doubt. world. No doubt. No to... doubt have to come up and, and play a, a bigger role because mm-hmm. Brynn is one of your your two best scorers, in my opinion, so that you, you absolutely yep. have to get someone else to fill the void.
2: Yep. So that means uh, you're going to need a better performance out of uh, Bailey Maupin. You're going to need uh, Katie Farrell to be able to, to stay in the games, which she's been able to do uh, pretty much here here lately. Uh, and then Kyla Freelon is coming off of a 13 point performance in which she went 5 of6 from the field, but three of seven from the free throw line. They did not, they did not shoot free, free throws very well at all against uh, Baylor. I think they were like 13 of 25. So uh, gonna have to, and that was why you won against TCU. Uh, one, of the, one of the reasons why. I mean, you were like, let uh, me give you the number here real quick, 21 of 24 um, against TCU, they were 14 of 26. And um, so that's uh, that was a factor in, in uh, winning that game in Fort Worth in uh, early January. So uh, we'll have it for you tonight uh, on 107.7 Yes FM. And uh, should I, I, I'm expecting a win tonight, but you know when you when you have a team that's in a program that's not been in that spot before, um, sometimes getting over that hump is difficult. Regardless yeah,
3: maybe maybe may a little bit of a disappointment from Saturday night, where you were so close there to Baylor. You know, had took a lead into the fourth quarter and then let that get away from you. So you yeah. you worried a little bit about the the Dauber being down. So
2: to me, yeah, I yeah, I would agree with you on that. But but to me, I would have worried about the Dauber really being down after they way that they played at Oklahoma a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but uh, you know, I thought that was the kind of the. Reaching the the bottom of the barrel, I mean that was rock bottom in terms of how you played and how you responded in that game, and then you came back and took Oklahoma State to triple overtime. Okay. Okay. So, so my expectation would be would would have been that if you were going to have a letdown or if you were going to let something linger, it would have been that game as opposed to this okay. game tonight. Uh, somebody says this isn't Brent a senior and is this her last home game? Yeah. Potentially, potentially a last home game, so, but she is, uh, she is a senior and her eligibility is, is up. <clears throat> I just don't know her status because she didn't come back into the game and she had to be helped off the court. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything because that was Saturday and today's Wednesday. That's right. So, and, you know, there's not anybody tougher on that team than her uh, because she gets knocked down uh, all the time. I think she's the
3: most important player on the team. So I'll, I'll tell you this. If she's not playing, I'm nervous.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if she's not playing, then she's really hurt. Sure. You sure. know, because she's, she's, she's somebody, a bit of a warrior. Yes, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 721, baseball last night, Red Raiders win 9-4. to What was your takeaway from the game last night? When, when you kind of walked away from the game went, okay, this is what – either please me or you just kind of go, okay, I, I like what I saw in, in this.
3: Starting to feel better and better about the bullpen. I think Brandon Beckel is a major, major piece. And, you know, just to see his progress from year one to year two, and now it's his junior draft eligible season. And to see him kind of take that step forward that we saw many guys do over the years, the you know, the, the Parker Mushinskis of the world that just kind of, you know, up and down freshman year, got better sophomore, and then all of a sudden as a junior we're killing it, and now Parker's a big leaguer. Um, you know, guys guys like that. Um, um, Jacob Patterson was another one that played in that era that just keep progressing forward, and then all of a sudden become dominant players mm-hmm. their junior year. So I, I've, I've wondered about Beckel and knew that a lot would be you know put on his shoulders this year or felt like it and so to see him pitch like that last night again was was really really good um one of the things that I loved about last night is that you had guys come in and first it was Sanders with the bases loaded and one out and he gets the double play ball and kills the rally and then later in the contest when Beckel comes in, he comes in with runners at first and second with you up by two runs and nobody out, and he doesn't allow a run. So a lot of times you'll see relievers, be number, a relievers' numbers be good as far as ERA goes, but they don't do a great job of keeping inherited runners from scoring. Well, last night Josh Sanders and Brandon Beckel did a terrific job of that. Kind of picking up their teammates, and I, I love to see that. Also, was was uh, you know was really impressed with with Zach Erdman coming out of the bullpen for three innings, and, and Damian Bravo. He looks good at the back end. I'm starting to wonder if he's not your closer, the, the freshman right hander. So um, you haven't had really many situations where you you were in that spot to have okay, we're nervous situation here. We go to the ninth. Who's who's coming out of the bullpen, but. Um, bravo did he closed it out again last night and and he just looks su- super confident out there on the yeah. mound and good stuff so um yeah I, I what i came away with last night is feeling better about the bullpen and that's been an area that i you know as this season has gone through the first eight games i, I wonder you know when we're when we going to see those roles settle in a little bit more and, and know what guys are going to be doing and I think I'm feeling better and better about the bullpen.
2: Okay. Uh, and you talked about Josh Sanders earlier. and He came in and the bases loaded there in the first, got out of that jam. Did give up uh, three hits and three runs, but those were wind-dated, most definitely home runs, right?
3: Yeah, I think one of them, I think the second one still would have been a home run um, that landed somewhere by the Overton. um but uh, i think the first one would not have been a home run um so he i mean the wind was really whipping at that point it changed a couple different times throughout the course of the game
2: yeah yeah certainly been uh certainly been an issue all right we will have uh, red raider baseball on the air for you today 130 with the first pitch at two who's uh Hurling for the Red Raiders first today,
3: Jacob Rogers. Jacob Rogers, freshman out of Friendswood, Texas. Okay,
2: they got a lot of lot of new names and uh, a lot of depth. Uh, just in listening to your pregame with uh, Tim Tadlock yesterday, he talked about you know, you know, you got kind of lots of opportunities. For, and the, the guys that aren't playing right now, that that the game will come back around and that the there will be opportunities for them, but they're going to have to capitalize when they. When they get those shots, but uh, that's a mark of a good team when you got guys waiting in the wings that are that are anxious to be uh, at the plate or out mm-hmm. in the field as well. And performing when they get their shot. And performing when they get their shot, yep.
0: Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's Question of the Day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All
2: right, fresh month, you know, chance to uh, chance to be better, chance to, uh, you know, salvage uh, what is uh, the first three months of the year if you're, uh, if you're in that boat. Um, also, uh, an opportunity to get a fresh question from Jamie of the Day.
3: All right, my question for you today. Mm-hmm. Chuck, Jeff, and our fine listening audience, the number is five. I'm um, stealing this from one of our texters this morning on the Yates Flooring Center. Okay. The number is five over under five Red Raiders return from this basketball team next season.
2: Okay, so let me uh, let me pull up a roster real quick here. The number is number is five.
3: You don't have to give me specific players. Okay.
2: I just just want to get a quick.
3: Not who you want to stay and who you don't want to stay, but how many do you think will stay? Gotcha.
2: How many do I think will stay? All right.
3: Do you think it's over or under five? Well, we have five guys next year on the basketball team. That you can say, oh, he's back from last
2: season. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, th- I think the number actually is closer to seven. I mean, obviously, you're losing O'Banner um, and uh, Davion Harmon. I don't think he has another year left because um, he's been everywhere. So, man, man, he's been everywhere. Uh, somebody says under easily mass exodus incoming. Jeff, I
1: think five's a really, really good number for this for an over/under because I think that's the number you're going to have back. I don't know that you've got six coming back. I also don't think you'll have less than five. (laughs) Like for the over/under aspect of this, no, no, I'm following you. I'm following Uh, you. Yeah, from a gambling perspective, I think the number's five. I think the number's five. From a gambling perspective, I wouldn't touch this bet with a 10-foot pole because it could go absolutely either way. Uh, if it was five and a half, I'd go under because I think the number is
2: five. Okay. So you're going over, Chuck? Yeah, I'm going over. I'm going over.
3: Jeff is basically going with a push. I'm
2: going with a push, yeah.
3: I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. There's There's going to be some... Surprises that are going to be disappointing to us. I'm I'm fearful
2: of. Okay. Uh, Harmon apparently does have another year left. See, played uh, last season. He played uh, at Oregon. The previous two at Oklahoma. He trained. Okay, he had two. Has two years of eligibility because he gets his COVID year. So, yeah, that person's right. Um, So, so you're going to go under, Jamie?
3: I'm going to take under.
2: Okay. Uh, this will we have a returning coach? Yes, I do believe that Mark Adams will return as a basketball coach.
3: The original question might factor into that question. No, no. because if there's a mass exodus, would that say something to Kirby Hoka and the administration of you know, guys don't don't, don't want to be here? Um, and flip it the other side in a positive way well if the team for the most part sticks together you can say well his team's behind him and we don't we don't want to start over from scratch so let's keep him right i think that that factors in whether whether you want to be negative or positive on it mm-hmm. i think that makes sense if if you had everybody that wanted that that has eligibility if you had all those guys stay, I don't I don't know how you would you would let Mark Adams go.
2: Yeah, I, I think th- Right, I th-
3: because I mean that's just showing this team wants to play for him.
2: I, I, I think he's look, you you've got two years, okay? And one year you go to a Sweet Sixteen, this year you're not going to the tournament, all right? And you have, you know, a number of games that came down to the final possession of that for whatever reason you weren't able to complete the task. Um, there's always going to be attrition. What will what, be interesting to me is, is there any coaching staff attrition um, on this team? There will be. And, and, there's, and there's, always, there's always that, right?
3: I mean, I mean, if any of the rumors are true, it feels like the coaching staff has had as much issue with each other as the players have had with each other. Yeah. I would be shocked for the entire coaching staff to come back.
2: Okay. Uh, so who do you, who do you think uh, who do you think returns, or who do you want to return? You want Isaac's to return, right? Absolutely. Okay. You want uh, KJ Allen to return? Plus I or mean, minus?
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I. He seems like a good guy. I like his effort. All the above. He seems like. You know, K.J. Allen might be a guy that you could consider as a kind of a leader. And if you want to talk about culture and getting back to Mark Adams' style of, of play as far as guys hustling and scrapping and all that, maybe K.J. Allen's a guy who does it better than anybody, just bet, is not as ultimately as talented as other guys.
2: I hope AMAC returns. Uh, Jalen Tyson, I would think, they would return. Davion Harmon would think would return. Uh, and then maybe there's... Uh, you know, then there's some question marks. Uh, we get somebody that says this, uh, Coach Adams still hasn't resolve the issues with the BMDs, the big money donors. Okay.
3: That's a big question.
2: That's a big question. Big question. And then there's the other question of there's a seven and a half million dollar buyout out there too. So, I mean, does somebody want to write a check for that or help write a check for that? And then who are you going to go get? But I think your program has reached a point in time that you would have your quote, pick of the litter, so to speak. I think this is a very attractive job.
3: Yeah, I don't know about pick of the litter, but, I mean, you would you would have a lot of quality people, yeah. you know, people would be lined up. Yeah.
2: People would be lined up. Yeah. It's the off-court issues and how boosters have been treated, Chuck, I'm aware.
3: Yeah, and that's where, you know, when you're mentioning a few minutes ago, yeah, hey, you had one good season where you went to Sweet 16, and then you had a, a down year this year where you lost a lot of close games. All of that is fair. In normal circumstances, I think that says this guy deserves more tr- time. But I think the question is: these issues with the big money donor, money donors, the off the the court issues, all of that. How much does that factor in? Mm-hmm. So it's not just about wins and losses.
2: Yeah. Uh, we get this. Uh... And
3: I don't know if it factors in a huge amount or if it factors in a tiny amount. I'm I'm not certain what's going to happen there. I think he will be back.
2: Yeah. Uh, we get this from my friend Dan. I'm going to call him. I'm going to give him a new name. Dan in Lubbock. We've got Dan in Dallas. This is Dan in Lubbock. Okay. And he's a he's a fellow, um, Q's boy. Okay. He's a he's a New Yorker, New okay. York guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. His he says, "My boy from Q's, you is on point. I'm going under. And if there is a mass exodus, Adam's job could be in jeopardy." Mm.
3: Okay. Yeah. If again, and I think if if it was. And if you had a lot of those guys that have eligibility left wanting to leave, I, I just think that would be a, a sign that things aren't going great and you might need to make a move. Mm-hmm. But, again, if if you have the majority of these guys coming back, and like you said, if you're at seven or something like that, I don't think – because the minute they, they decide, okay, we're going to make a change, that number of seven is changing dramatically, Right.
2: Because
3: mm-hmm. they're going to say, "Oh, you know, never mind. I'm not coming back." And so, if you're at seven, I, I think he's definitely back.
2: I do. I definitely think, though, that you've got to resolve this this booster issue some 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 way or another. I mean, yeah,
3: it's and, the new world of college athletics. But you're absolutely right, Jeff. you
2: know. And and I don't, I don't think that you have to. I think there's a difference between catering and kowtowing. Um, it's a real fine line. I mean, on one end, you, you need these guys and gals that are willing to, you know, contribute to the program, donate to the program. But on the other hand, it's 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 like any business in your customer base. If your lead guy or gal can't get along with your best customers or can't have a relationship there or can't work have at least a working relationship, doesn't mean you have to be best buddies. And then you kind of look at your lead person and go, "I got to find somebody that can get along with our best customers and that mm-hmm. and and that that is kind of where we are in college basketball right now. and i I think you've always been in that boat where you have to have the head coach has to be able to Motivate the players, recruit the players, mix with the
0: boosters, and oh, by the way, do the X's and O's. It's a very specialized task. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
2: Thank you for being with us here on the Morning Drive. Look forward to hearing from you throughout the day today on the Lubbock Sports Station, Double T97.3 and uh, Double T97.3.com. We come to you this morning from the first United Bank studio. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open, plus the benchmark hotline as well. Uh, We get this. We've been talking about the uh, Texas Tech and Kansas game. Um, McCuller fouled twice late, but you can leave it up to that. Smashed into KO on the putback and Davion Harmon when he tried to get the rebound, as usual. When playing the Adidas-funded cheaters, you won't ever get those calls. (laughs) Uh, just can't leave it up to the officials because Bill Self already has them too deep into his pocket. There's a lot there. Um, I, I thought you could have made a case on the on that last play that you're talking about there, where the ball's loose and the, on the floor. I thought you could have made a case that Wilson committed a foul going into that bucket because he turned his back and you know used his used his body. To make a move and there was there was a it was a clear bump um, there in the lane um, sometimes you get those calls sometimes you don't you could say well it's the toughness of the league it's the way that it goes um, it's but,
3: that the home team gets the advantage of some of those yeah. calls or it's that the um, the legendary uh, super successful coach gets the benefit of those calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those things probably yeah. factor in.
2: Yeah, but I, I, I thought of, of that of that particular sequence and that particular play, to me, I, th- I thought that was a foul going into it. But I went back and looked at it. I went back and looked at the CFO banner ever had possession while they were trying to call timeout. And the It's just kind of one of those things where the the ball just kind of squibs out, Mm -hmm. and then then just lands in the hands of McCuller. Um, um, You know, but just uh, I I, I thought this was really the the factors—the missed bunny shots and the missed free um, throws—that basically spoiled your opportunity to win there last night. More than, more than anything else, and I thought KU's defense was really good in the second half.
3: Yeah, the, the the free throws at the end of the game were just killer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, I hope you're right, Chuck. I'm thinking seven return. The attitude of fans makes me think less than three. I mean, how many close games? These guys were uh, a great team in an incredibly league, great league. Yeah, I, I just went back and looked at that. Um, seven games that you lost in the Big 12, six points or less. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you lose by six to TCU, you lose by three to Kansas, you lose by two to Texas.
3: So let me ask you a question. Does that make you feel better or worse about the coach?
1: Worse.
2: <laughs> I, you can't keep losing close games.
3: I, I could go both ways on both ways on this. I, I,
2: to me, I just look at it. At some point in time, players got to make plays. I, I just feel like at some point in time, players got to make plays because, I, I I think. I think sometimes those people underestimate how much time those coaches put in to scout teams, put together a game plan, talk to players about it, call time out, and yet still things can't be can't be done. Um, The way that you draw them up, or the way that you call them up, I mean, how I will never know because coaches don't necessarily throw players under the bus. But you'll never know how many times a play that was drawn up for an end of game or end of half scenario, and it wasn't executed, or it wasn't even close. And you know, so at at the end of the day, yeah, the the coach is responsible for motivating. The players and and getting the results but you know at, at some point in time players got to make plays you know and there's only there's only so much that you can do so I don't I don't know that I blame the coach um, I mean I think there's probably enough blame to be spread around I think it's un, I think it's it, it's unfortunate it just it goes to show you you know how how the difference between winning and losing in this league it's it's razor thin and you've got to be good mm-hmm you, you've got to, you, you can't afford to make uh, mistakes you can't afford to miss free throws you can't afford to not yep. rebound cleanly
3: yeah and certain I, I agree with all that you're saying there but I also when you you go back to saying well the coach or players got to make plays and they've got to follow what the coaches asked them to do and all that and then it's it's the coach's job to coach them to do that
2: yeah no so I mean that, that there's yeah, a,
3: it's if if you're constantly You know, with three minutes left to go in the game, have a chance to win, and you're losing. I I think all things factor into that. Yeah. Okay. But I also think that um, the fact that you played so many close games says we're not that far off. Right. We're not really as bad of a team as that record shows, Um, and that's a credit to the coaching staff. So that's why I say I could, I could absolutely go both ways on that one.
2: I mean, you you wonder how do you lose at home. I mean, there's, there's some games where you go, okay, well, how do you lose by, you know, 34 points to Iowa State after you've come so close in, in three losses to TCU, Kansas, and Oklahoma? And then how do you lose by 15 at home to West Virginia? But then you got to go, well, how do, you, how do you win when you come back from a 20-something point deficit with 12 minutes to play to Iowa State? Mm-hmm. You know? And then you you follow that up with a 27-point loss to Baylor. And then you follow that up with just a three-point loss at Oklahoma State. Um, and then you have the four-game win streak. And then, you know, the, the losses that will really kind of haunt you will be the, the two losses to TCU and the two losses to Kansas. You know, the kind of bookend the season, you know, the first game of the season, and then the you know, second to last game at home of the season, and then the the last road game of the season. At least season.
3: The, those are good teams, though. Right, right. I, th- I think the West Virginia one.
2: Sure, sure. I mean, that's a that's a bad loss, but I mean, you're
3: that's, that's you're probably ha- more frustrating to
2: you're, me. You're going to have some of those losses though in a in an 18 game season. You're going to have one of those. Mm-hmm. You, but you just you hate to have it at home because then you you look at what you did on the road. You go beat West Virginia by six on the road, and I'm sure they look at that and go, "How can we lose?" at home to a team that we beat by 15 on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably, they're, they probably have some, and, and every team can, can look at that and go look at, you can crunch numbers all day long, you know, but, um, you know, when you, when you kind of look at your, you know, you, you, even, even in the conference, I mean, you're, you've done a pretty good job of shooting from the free throw line. You're, making about 13 a game, but you're shooting right at 70%. But if you shot just a little bit better, you'd have won a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've turned the ball over in the conference 14 times a game, your opponents 12 times a game. So you talk about these six-point games, three-point games, two-point games, whatever. Well, those those empty possessions or those extra possessions that you've given your opponent, that, that, that accounts for something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that hurts you. Um, at the end of the day. So it, it's uh, like we said, I mean, it's a tough league, and um, you can't play mediocre and uh, be 500 in this league. You got to play really good basketball, and you just haven't done that this year consistently.
0: This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T97 3 podcasts at double T97